Good morning, and welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host, and as you know, the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us in ways that get us thinking, um, facing difficult issues, uh, sometimes facing um, exciting and fun and crazy issues on others, but... This show is going to be an interesting one where it's about both the pain and joy uh, and discovery uh, of trauma and how we work through trauma. Uh, We're going to be talking about some difficult, challenging situations. Um, We'll be talking about the exploitation of children, the consequences, the hope of healing for individuals as well as the community and the world. So hosting us, hosting with us today is Rick Bernardo, who is an <laughs> ethicist as well as an artist, uh, teacher, uh, all kinds of good stuff. And our guest is Laura Stearns. Uh, she has just completed and had just uh, come out in print, Shattered, Exposing the Open Secret of the Children's Theater Scandal. It's a memoir of harm and healing. Now, you can buy this book by just going to Amazon, but I would recommend that you go to her website. You can get a link on her website. Uh, it's paladinadvocacy.com, and that's spelled P-A-L-A-D-I-N advocacy.com. Welcome, Laura. Thank you so much for having me, Lori. I really appreciate it, and it's good to be back in the studio with you. Absolutely. We've been um, talking about your journey for the fl- past few years. Yeah, we've touched on it a couple of times which it's great to like finally be here at this point with the book. So. There, yes, there have been uh, every stage of our conversations. Um, you've always brought a sense of purpose and joy, as well as dealing with very difficult, challenging past and challenges. But um, I love that, that your website is Paladin um, as the Peaceful Warrior. Yeah, yeah, that that feels like you know my my kids are very into Dungeons and Dragons, and I, I, I don't consider myself to be one of those people. But <laughs> if I had to pick one, the, the paladin is definitely I'm drawn to that as a as a peaceful warrior. So peaceful, but you're willing to kick butt when I the time comes. To, if I need to, I'll get up and, and make some stuff happen. It's, it's good to know we have that inside us. You know, it, it's it, it's an archetypal sort of energy thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think we all have. Maybe a little bit of paladin in us? I hope so. Uh, I, I think that we have a sense of wanting to wanting to advocate for what's right. And I think that's what comes back with uh, a lot of our friend Rick's uh, thoughts are rights and wrongs with ethics. It's a, a complicated, challenging uh, concept to look at. And, and there's so many things that happen in life that it, until we name it uh, – we uh, nothing can be, becomes clear, and there's no path out. And so that's what a lot of ethics is. Basically, what language do we use to distinguish why something's right and wrong? For for goodness' sake, and because uh, uh, if we don't have that language, it's hard to pin it down, and we don't ha- feel like we have a voice in that. And I love the idea of goodness' sake being sort of the motivation <laughs> for the peaceful warrior. It's for goodness' sake. <laughs> that's goodness right. Sake. For those who may not know about what happened um, in uh, particularly in the 80s, 70s and 80s, challenging times for the children's theater, I'm just going to share a passage from the back of the book that I think gives great context. 
John Clark Donahue was considered a brilliant but difficult artistic genius in the American theater in both the 1970s and 80s. His theater, the Children's Theater Company and School, CTC, rose to heights of critical acclaim. It was also the home to more than two dozen sexual perpetrators. In 1984, Donahue's arrest for sexually abusing male students threatened to close the theater's curtains for good. The theater endured, and the full truth of what was happening behind the scenes was swept under the rug. Until now. Laura Stern's memoir follows her process of coming to terms with experiencing childhood sexual violence at CTC, of recognizing the depth of harm from a complicit culture which allowed child abuse at the theater to go unchecked for decades, and her journey of growing beyond trauma to a place of strength. She does so with unflinching honesty, lighthearted compassion, and a healthy dose of trauma-informed education. Yeah, a little bit of everything. (laughs) (laughs) In in writing this book, this was the opportunity to pull a lot of threads together. A lot of different things that have been happening over those years. What got you to the point where you were ready to write this book? In some respects, it was just necessary for me to be able to say the full truth about what happened. Um, Through the litigation process, you don't get to do that. And I needed the story to be told. And at one point, I was looking around going, who's going to write this book? You know, <laughs> who's going to write what happened? And and then one day it just occurred to me like, yeah, nobody's going to do this for you, Laura. you got to do it yourself. So when I decided to write the book, I, I knew I didn't want it to just be about this horrible story. I wanted there to be a thread of education, teaching people about trauma, how it lives in the body, how it affects people, how it weaves itself into every aspect of people's lives and how they can actually do something about it and heal from it. So I really just wanted this horrible story to be surrounded by, sort of cushioned by and held by this idea that um, we need to take care of ourselves in the process of learning about all of this and that I wanted to do that with my book. What I I noticed about the book fairly early on in reading it um, was, of course, I I knew the story because we've been in conversation both on radio and off radio of of what's going on. Um, And so I was prepared to have it be a a book of a documentary of experience. I wasn't as prepared for it to really have you be walking with me through each episode that allowed me to process it and not just read it. Because you can be distant yeah. in reading it, but you you asked to work with me in reading it. Yeah. I wanted there to be a conversational quality to the book so that people felt like they were really getting the, the real me. Mm-hmm. And I wanted people to be cared for as they did it. As I, when I f- first handed the book to my publisher, um, they, when they did their first edit, they pulled all of this content out that uh, they felt like it, it didn't really fit with the narrative. And 
it was all of these elements of me really trying to take care of the reader as they were absorbing the story. And that was important to me because when I was reading for myself about trauma, I was looking for a book that I could absorb and really um, take care of myself while I was reading it. Sure. And there's there's one book called um, The Body Keeps the Score that is such an amazing book about trauma, and it took me over a year to read it because I kept getting triggered. So I wanted, as I was writing this book, to put in elements of care so that people could recognize I'm feeling really like panicked right now or I'm my, I'm foggy and I can't concentrate. That's because you're dysregulated. This is mm-hmm. what's happening to you. Mm-hmm. This is what you can do to take care of yourself so that people really have an understanding of what's happening inside of them as they're moving through this really hard story. And to me, it worked on so many different levels. There is – there are people that are going to be reading this that lived – Yes. That same trauma. That's right. And you wanted to be – you wanted to hold them in a careful way. Absolutely. So that they could be able to process this. Yeah. They were think, my main audience yeah, really. Yeah. yeah. And you could sense that. But as you're reading it and it's like, well, no, I wasn't that person. But I I see what she's doing and I see how she's caring for these women and that's and boys and that, <laughs> right and, right yeah. but it, it it's sort of like going to school on mm-hmm. this is important yeah. Yeah. to know how to do this because we aren't taught that in society as to how to help nurture someone through trauma so you could vi- – but then there was another level. It's like, well, it didn't happen to me, but boy, that sort of reminds me of an, a situation that I was in that I'm not really happy about. And yeah. you start to get the little chills down your back and, and then mm-hmm. you go, OK, yeah, well, I, I can take a little break too. You know, I, yeah. I, I can. Absolutely. <laughs> I know. got permission to like, you know, put this down and then come back later. I think of the audience of this book as like, you know, in the theater audience, you've got yeah. your front row. Yeah. And those are really the people who lived it. And I wanted them to be able to see them find themselves in the book. Mm-hmm. And then the second row of the people who, you know, may have been around them. Absolutely. And, and knew then, about and it. It, just, it was that yes. open secret. Yeah. And then there are other people who didn't know what was happening, didn't even know about it, but they can associate with it. So you've got all these different people in the room. And then in the very back row, you may have people who just have no idea what any of this is about, but they're sort of interested in a, you know, an interesting story or they like, you know, this kind of a book or whatever. So I just really wanted to take care of each one of those levels of, of interest and, and, and in the audience. And it ties into what uh, Patty Wetterling uh, wrote on the back of the mm. book. Um, she saw this as something very profound that everyone yeah. should – she, she – um, talking about you, she offers promising solutions – community healing, hope and healing for other victims, and greater awareness for everyone who knows and loves them. The entire world should read this memoir. And for those um, who may not know who Patty Wetterling is, she um, her son was abducted mm-hmm. um, and then later found uh, to have been killed. Yeah. And she is the chair of the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Yeah, I'm really grateful that Patty took the time to read the book and to give me uh, such a, a, a beautiful endorsement. And um, there were several people who who I, I just feel so grateful that they gave their time to, to you know hold my story and, and to support me. I've gone over a little bit, but I would love to have you share about how you 
were a peaceful warrior in insisting this be part of the book. That this was you were very intentional. That at first was, you, your, yeah. your publishers were like, eh, yeah, you don't really yeah. need that. No, I kept putting it back in, and they kept taking <laughs> it out, and I put it back in, and then at one point I just said. You need to leave this in. I am not taking these out. You don't know. They didn't really understand what I was trying to do. And then they went, okay, got it. This is your book. Yes. And and I think it's what makes this book unique. And there have been people who have read it who are like, I don't know of any book like this. This is is different. Well, that was the first thing I asked you. Wait a minute. (laughs) You've done something with this. I think I have. It's almost like there is the script – Mm-hmm. But then you get whispered into about, okay, you're watching the show. You're experiencing this. It's okay. I'm with you and and we're going to read the script together and we're going to change the script for yeah. the future, yes. which is very much a part of this as well. The script needs to get changed. Yeah. And with that. Uh, we need to take a break and we'll be back, but we will we will share more. And we'll share more in the next segment about some current work that you're doing that's really been informed about the experience that you went through in terms of um, making a difference with a community of women. So thank you. Welcome back to our Connections Radio Show. We have the honor of having Laura Stearns with us today. She's just written and published a book, Shattered, Exposing the Open Secret of Children's Theater Scandal, and it's a memoir of harm and healing. And I have my co-host, Rick Bernardo, who is a ethicist, a musician, someone active in theater as well as public health. I'm trying to be active, yes, but that's me. <laughs> You are. And I want to encourage people to buy the book. Um, but I, I recommend first going to uh, a website and learning more about Laura and her blog. It's Paladin Advocacy, P A L A D I N Advocacy.com. And we're talking about uh, the 70s and 80s, but we're also talking about now. Yeah. Uh, and what's happening. But to give some context for those who, who may not have been as active or know about uh, the challenges of the children's theater, uh, John Clark Donahue um, was an individual who was in 1984 uh, charged and, and arrested for sexually abusing male students. And uh, many thought that was the end of it. But there was much more. And Laura has revealed the much more. But I want to go to where you are now, okay. uh, what you're doing, and how that has informed – how your past has informed what you can do and are doing right now for um, women who've been raped. Yeah, women. And I want to just also say um, men get raped too. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, something that people don't really want to acknowledge. Um, and it is easy to say women because it is predominantly women. So I just sure, want to acknowledge sure. that so that when, when I do say women, because primarily who I'm working with right now is women, but, and I, and but I that have, it does happen. And I have a statistic. One out of six um, American women has been a victim of an attempted or completed rape. One out of 33 men have been. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's a statistic that's important. Uh, and both of those – Probably much higher. Yeah. You know. Right, because the reporting rates are, you know, only, only the people who feel comfortable enough to actually tell another human being because so many people will go an entire lifetime and never tell anybody that somebody did something inappropriate with them. Which is part of that whole shame and blame culture. 
and yeah. and and somewhat part of the victim's reaction to make sense out of it. And I think sometimes there's a sense of well, what did I do wrong? What could I what, what could I've done differently? You know, how did I so that they can make sense instead of it was just a horrible act by a powerful person who decided to um, decided to take to take something that they didn't deserve or should not have taken. Yeah, and we don't understand why people do that right. or why they would have. Why did they do that to me? Right. And the thing that's so powerful about telling our stories is it allows other people to tell their own stories. And and that's, you know, when I first came forward, uh, I had people coming out of the woodwork telling me something happened to me. I've never told anybody. And it was pretty profound. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were asking me, you know, what do I do? I don't, I don't know what you should do. I don't even know what I should be doing. You know? right. So that prompted me to educate myself, which is part of why I wrote this book too, was because I learned so much in um, in the process of just trying to be able to answer questions for people, mm-hmm. so I did um, a forty hour rape training, a rape crisis training, so that I could have answers and was doing some advocacy work, you know, early on in, in my in my process, and um, you know, when I finished writing the book, I really wanted to get back into that world of advocating, and so I started working. For um, in June, I started working at the Sexual Violence Center, and I'm what is referred to as a, a victim support advocate. But my main focus is working with um, predominantly women, but some men, who were part of the backlog of rape kits. So, if some people aren't don't know what that is, a few years ago, well, <laughs> in 2015, um, it became pretty nationally known that there was this. Uh, unprecedented backlog of rape k- kits found in, in storage units around the country that um, p- we finally re- realized like something needs to happen about this, right? And they had so, not been processed. Correct. They, they, they had been sitting, used. They yep, were supposed to be, yes. but they weren't so researched. The, the, sec- the Sexual Assault Kit Initiative, SAKI is the, is the acronym, um, was um, it, and it came about in 2015 and in 2019 – um, Minneapolis started their own um, process of, of, you know, f- finding the kits, processing them, and um, making the decisions to notify victims. So, my part of my job is to be part of this multidisciplinary team who goes over every single case and um, does victim notifications, which is um, intense work. But it's also really uh, rewarding work because I'm I'm finding as I'm um, meeting with uh, these victim survivors, sometimes this is the first time they are feeling seen and heard. And it feels so valuable as a person who's gone through what I've gone through, which was being silenced as a child and going through a lifetime of not really understanding what happened to me to be able to walk with these survivors and help them step into um, their healing process, it is incredibly valuable for me, which is why I felt like I needed to do that. It's just I felt very drawn to it. So when they discovered that there were all this backlog, can they be processed now or is it just a matter of 
Yeah. yeah. And is that part of why you're letting them know yeah, that what, they are being the, processed, what, what, yes. what is the process? Yeah. So, because what's so sad is that how many other crimes were taken place that could have been. Yeah. It's pretty tragic. Uh, if, if a kit was restricted, which means that the, the victim survivor did not want it to be processed, mm-hmm. they aren't processing those because okay. they're, you know, honoring the, the wishes. Yeah. But, um, what happened? What, what happened? Unfortunately, is um, you know, in the city of Minneapolis, we have you know, close to two thousand of these unprocessed kits, and what you find is this: there are there are survivors who have multiple kits by multiple people because that will happen once you've been assaulted once. Right. It's very likely to have it happen again. Mm-hmm. You become more vulnerable, and then you also have we're finding um, a single perpetrator, multiple kits. For a single perpetrator. And you see the years different. Yep. And if they had just been, had been That's just right. perhaps. So yeah. this is where the tragedy yeah. really yeah. shows up is that had something happened when at the time other abuses could have been prevented. And that's where it's just so infuriating. Yes. It's, it is really, really heartbreaking. I love that the prologue for your book, Shattered by Laura Stearns, is uh, titled A Tapestry of Harm and Healing. So there's that balancing uh, going on in, and, your, in um, your work. Unfortunately, again, I've, I've run over, but well, that's what happens <laughs> with us. It, it does, it does. Uh, but I, I, I don't want to end on just a note of this tragedy. I believe the work that you're doing with the women and the men yeah. that have to face the fact that they weren't heard the first time, yeah, but helping them trust that they can be heard now, yeah is a powerful opportunity and it's what your book is about as well is that you may have gone through a lot of pain and you may have to look at things that you're not comfortable looking at but there is hope and you're not alone and you're not alone and we the silence can can now be uh, turned away from yeah and we don't have to be silenced we can share our truth and underlying the book allows that to happen and I'm just so grateful of the work that you're doing with the women in Minneapolis right Thank now. Thank you. And, yeah. and hope for um, that to make an impact as well. So we'll come back. We're going to talk about your own experience um, and how that informs the work that you're doing and what happened um, and what, what you took from that experience that allows you to do the work that you do now. So we'll be right back after just a few commercials. Stay with us. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm Lori Fitz, your host. My co-host is Rick Bernardo, and our guest today is Laura Stearns, who wrote Shattered, Exposing the Open Secret of the Children's Theater Scandal. It's a memoir of harm and healing. Uh, For those who are not familiar with what happened at Children's Theater, in the 70s and 80s, even though it was one of the most brilliant theaters and was renowned throughout the country, uh, Smithsonian had a front page. You know, There was a dark Spread. side. Yeah, yeah. And the dark side was the fact that the artistic director, John Tonahue, in 1984 was arrested for sexually abusing male students. And there were female students that were being raped as well. And 
that story was not really fully understood or heard until much later when Laura Stearns and others were brave to bring that um, to the attention and want to make changes because of that. And Laura's written a book that that outlines that, but much, much more. It's, it's, it's not just a documentary of events that occurred. Um, it is a journey about recognizing trauma. And I think it's also an exploration of how we can become silenced within a culture and what, how does that happen and why does that happen. And I've asked um, Laura to share a – a piece of when she first was told that she was going to be part of children's theater and that joy that she had. Yeah, so this is um, from I know, the third chapter of the book. On December 15th, 1980, I received a thick envelope in the mail from CTC. My heart started to race. A rejection letter would have been in a thin envelope. I'd been accepted into the theater school and would start in January, joining the class of students who'd already done the fall semester. The envelope included lists of things I needed to know and items I needed to get, like ballet slippers. I was out of my mind with excitement and pride. I was going to be one of those theater kids. I was 13 and had no idea what I was walking into. Because of my belief stemming from early childhood that I had no control over who touched me, I had already been sexually assaulted once, I was primed for receiving more abuse if put into right conditions. Statistically, once children have been sexually assaulted, they're more likely to have it happen again. I was no exception. From the beginning, profound levels of deception and willful ignorance were present at CTC and in the theater community at large. As I outlined the development of CTC, I feel like I'm watching someone walk towards danger in a scary movie. I want to yell, don't go in there! <laughs> but you went in there with I your did. book. <laughs> I did. And, yeah. and, and preparing the audience for the joy, I think, is important because sometimes there's just this, what was supposed to be a dark, terrible place. Yeah, people, the, you know, it, it was really a joyful, magical place. And as a child walking in there, it was... It was a dream come true, truly. And as I as I share this part of of the journey um, through my whole trauma experience, um, I wanted to tell the story from my perspective, and I really try to give kind of a universal experience of what it was like to be a student there and a child actor. But I really don't want to tell other people's stories for them. Mm -hmm. So I really tried not to do that. If I do mention other people or tell elements, it's because they've said yes to, mm -hmm. to me sharing that. Mm -hmm. But I'm not interested in confiscating anybody else's story. This is my version. And I'm hoping that people will share their versions too, that this is you know, the first of maybe many books that people will feel comfortable to write about what happened to them. Because as we share our stories, we allow ourselves to heal and give permission to the people around us to have the same you know experience and it's much more prevalent than a lot of people understand sadly one in nine girls and one in 53 boys under the age of 18 experience sexual abuse or assault at the hands of an adult 82 percent of all victims under 18 are females Females ages 16 to 19 are four times more likely than the general population to be victims of rape. Where are you reading that from? Um, Is that rain? 
Is yes, that the rain that's website? the rain. That is rain. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's a really great reps- website. R-A-I-N-N.com.org, mm-hmm. right? Yep. 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 Yeah. And that's powerful. I mean, and, and I, in some ways, sometimes statistics overwhelm and you back up, but then there's another part of it that's like, we're not, we don't talk about it enough so that people feel comfortable to share their story because there's so much fear in what happens when you share your story. I know at Children's Theater, what I heard over and over again is we needed to protect if – if we said anything, it would shatter the theater. The theater, yes. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing that's really the biggest tragedy around this is the theater was more important than the kids. Right. And that feels just horrible. It, very similar to we want to protect the church. Absolutely, ch- yeah. I mean, that's, it, it, what, it happens what, over and over. Where we d- want to protect the family, they'll take you away if you tell the, them these things. I, and I, you, you, go ahead. Well, I can tell you, it happens a lot. I mean, in, in, in a collective organization, this is from management ethics experience for many years. Uh, there's so many stories of um, looking at the possibility of a beautiful sunset through a straw. <laughs> so, so, so there are there only you, you get this uh, blinders tunnel vision in an organization very easily because you're all part of this. Here's our mission. We got to save the mission. We got to protect this, uh, and blinders to the true consequences to the real results going on. It happens a lot. It it's part of wanting to be part of community, and the idea that if. The community is shattered or if you are ostracized from that community, what will you lose? And I think that, that women want to be part of community. Everyone wants to be part of community. Yeah. But there's a, a caretaking that can go sideways that we end up hurting ourselves Versus really helping the community yeah, when I we're not speaking the truth. With with the the, the young people at CTC in particular, um, you know, we really were trying to save this place that we loved and we felt, you know, understood and accepted. Yeah. Because children in the arts, in particular, um, they are often like the weird kids, right? So when you find your space where you are accepted and everybody's like you, you don't want anything to happen to that. You want it to be um, there forever. Weird, but also deeply gifted and, and, and imaginative and uh, able to uh, create amazing things on stage that are breathtaking. Yeah, and, and it was they, something amazing to be part of. Is, <laughs> is your dog snoring? <laughs> yes, my, do, my dog did a little snore. Usually he doesn't do it too loud so people the can't pick up. But we get in yes, the studio yes, today. The only, yes, only yes. one snoring. I'm sorry I'm putting you to sleep, but um. no, He's just comfy with you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the, there was that uh, fear of destroying the magic. Yeah, and you know, I, I just wish that that weren't what what we were nobody wants to look at this stuff really closely that's yeah. the thing and and that's the the nature of things that are considered taboo or mm-hmm. uncomfortable to talk about mm-hmm. but cordelia anderson who wrote the the foreword to the book she talks about this in that you know 30 years ago, nobody wanted to say the word cancer, right? Right. They were always like, we can't talk about that. And now it's like everybody's, yeah. you know, 
walking well, they, around. Not only in, did they not want know, to talk I, about it, but in the turn of the century of 1900s, they were put in attics. And right. it was a secret that yeah. they didn't want any – because if it were known that mm. you had cancer, the whole family had – like the big C on their home, yeah. and the, you know, or the d- the D word, divorce. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's all these different yeah. things that we've gone through. The secrets, and yeah. So yeah. we need to just dispel all the secrets, get rid of all of this, and yeah. trauma. The conversation around trauma is, I think, the most important conversation to bring to the surface because I, we all have some form of trauma in our lives. Every one of us. So vital. I got to mention, Brother Donald in my high school paper wrote on my paper something I'll never forget. If you have real faith, you're not afraid of the truth. Huh. Yeah. And so that goes for organizations. It goes yeah. for a mission, our life. I mean, um, it doesn't. It doesn't pay to be afraid of the truth. Whatever is so is so. The the. At the end run, it is. I think there's some yeah. kind of glitches along the way well, well, <laughs> that sometimes are uncomfortable. How but you if get you there. Ho- but if you hold on to you know the sense of either the truth will set you free, or there was that wonderful image in the children's theater about truth. What was it that the oh, sign- speak truth or perish? There's a yeah, <laughs> which is bizarre. A, uh, it's, it's a sign that is is up in the scene shop. But there's a picture of it in the book, and I I don't know if it's. Excuse me. I don't know if it's still there. I assume it is, but it, it's just from an old set, yeah. and I don't even know what set it was. But it's, you know, somebody felt imp- that it was an important enough statement that they put it up in the scene shop as one of those just relics of past shows, mm-hmm. right? So I took a picture of that when I when I did my my tour of the building. There's a chapter in the book about. Touring and I, the building, I think so. that there is sometimes it feels like there's an invisible string that you're just trying to follow, and that there's things like that that give you affirmation you're on the right path. Yes. It, it is about our truth. And if the truth is silence, then something's missing. And we need to have a voice for truth. So with that, again, of course, I've over uh, gone over our, se- our segment time. Our next segment is probably going to be a lot shorter. Uh, but I do want to at least touch on uh, finding your voice and how that happened for you. Um, and what changes have been made in theater because of that work. So stay with us. We'll be talking about that. And we're going to have another show on this because this is too, there's so much more to talk about. So we'll, um, so don't, don't be sad that we're coming up to the end of this hour. Uh, we'll also have an hour next week with Laura. Stay with us. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. So glad that you've been with us today as we've been um, exploring uh, all kinds of ideas in terms of how we share our truth, um, how we deal with trauma, and looking it through the lens of Laura Stern's new book, Shattered, Exposing the Open Secret of the Children's Theater Scandal. And this is a memoir of harm and healing. And with me today is Rick Bernardo as my ho- co-host. Hello. And I, of course, am Lori Fitz, which I didn't say that. I usually say that at the top, but that's hello. who I am. Um, hello, Lori. Hello, Laura. So glad you're here today. I'm glad to be here. And Laura has been sharing parts of the book with us. Uh, I also want to reemphasize that the book is, yes, documenting a series of challenging um, – exploitations of children that should never have happened um, and the outcome of that 
and then ultimately what can be a healing with that. I encourage you to go to her website, paladinadvocacy.com. Um, that's P-A-L-A-D-I-N. Or you can go right to Amazon and, and get her book. But I like the Paladin Advocacy as a route to go through because you might want to read her blog and get to know her. The book is very conversational and you will find after reading it, even if you don't know, know Laura, she becomes your friend. <laughs> very true. So I've asked um, Laura to, to read um, – about finding her voice, which is something that's really important to me. It's a, a chapter I think that you just call Finding Your Voice, right? Yeah, Finding My Voice and Myself. Uh, so yeah. uh, this is just a little quick paragraph from uh, the beginning of this chapter. Maybe because I find it easier to feel anger on behalf of others, my own abuse wasn't enough to propel me into action. But when I saw how deeply our community had been wounded, I was inspired to expose the institution for its negligence. This meant I needed to publicly expose my own trauma experience and my perpetrator. Knowing that others would benefit from breaking my silence gave me strength. I was compelled to act. You discovered that there were other women that had gone through your same – not your same story. Everyone's well, story is different. same perpetrator. Same perpetrator, were, you know, yeah. I knew that back then, but the, the level of, of the abuse became much more um, – prevalent once people started talking about it. And, and you had a yeah. face, initially a Facebook place where people could share yep. uh, until that was violated. Yep, that was violated. And that's in another story. We actually talked about that in another episode. People can yep. go back into your archive and listen to that conversation. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, this was um, being, being compelled to, to, to share my story. I, di- I did feel like it was so much bigger than me and, and, and still do. Um, and that idea of of you know cracking something open in myself so that I could find some healing and you know put some shed some light and bring air into this very very dark part of myself was so important and I really want other people to feel like they have permission to do that mm-hmm. and that that kind of stepping into a truth telling place does not have to look like writing a book, right? Or going on a radio show, mm-hmm. um, or, really, or, or doing a or, lawsuit, or, or doing a lawsuit, <laughs> or any of that stuff. You know, yeah. like really, it is picking up the phone. I have been because I said earlier that I'm working for the Sexual Violence Center, and we have a 24 hour, um, seven day week um, crisis line that people can call, and um, and I do answer that phone sometimes. And hearing people say, "I've never told anybody this." And then they say it, it, there's something about that. Um, it just shifts something in the brain and allows mm-hmm. new neural pathways to build. And it's it's really a profound and important thing to do. It's, Can I plug the crisis line for absolutely. a second? So the absolutely. crisis line is really important. Anybody, whether you had an experience, you know, yesterday or 30 years ago, mm-hmm. um, and you're having a moment where you feel like, I really need to talk to somebody about this. Mm-hmm. Our advocates, everybody is trained to be present to, to listen to, mm-hmm. to really support, find resources for survivors. So yeah. the, the crisis line, um, this is for people in um, Hennepin, Scott, and Carver counties. Um, it is uh, 612-871-5111. And um, like I said, it's 24-7, so people can wake up. You know, often we wake up in the middle of the night and we are having something happening and we're like, I don't even know what's going on right now. And you just need somebody to talk to, crisis line is there. And, of course, I love that 
the women are there 24 – men and women. Men and women. Men and women there 24 hours and it's making that connection. Yeah. I mean that – very often I think there's an isolation and yeah. there's a sense of sometimes self-isolation, sometimes uh, not being accepted anymore in, in, in situations where people don't want to hear and don't want to listen. Trauma loves isolation and silence. Yeah. It's, it really thrives on that and – in order to dispel that, to get to just get rid of that, having control over our lives, right. the first thing you can do is just start talking about it. I also want, and we only have a couple of minutes, but I want the audience to know about what changes has happened in theater because of the work that you've been doing. I wish more, but yeah. um, you know, we wrote the Minnesota Theater Standards for Safety and Accountability, foundational standards, um, and. Um, people can find access to that on mintac.org is the is the website for the um, Minnesota um, coalition, um, the, the theater coalition. Um, so we we as a community um, came together and wrote um, what we believe is just a really sort of no brainer set of standards um, <laughs> that seems like why should we have to write these but we do mm-hmm. and um, getting, for accountability for accountability and and. and, 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 and and, not, and 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 having the the words like Rick was telling us earlier, if you have the words like no no this should not happen, I mean, we have words now that right that we're supposed you, to be, you, there's some resp- place to go yeah. so you can yeah. see yeah. and a lot of theaters have their own policies but mm-hmm. this set of, of of standards really just is so broad and so important um, and I wish more theaters people have signed on to it we have you know many, many um, just individuals have gone to sign on to the standards. Mm-hmm. But um, trying to get theaters to do that as well is really hard because they don't want to set themselves up for liability. Liability, hello. Yeah. You know, yeah. they just don't want. But that to sort of walk admits that they know that there could be. That's right. Well, you know, you know, you could have a problem, and you don't want to get in trouble. Isn't that the whole point yeah, of this? I would, yeah, I would suggest yeah. the setup is there already. Then, yeah. in that case, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you, you yeah. want to have like you know prevention, right? Yeah, and that's a big part of what what we, we're trying to do in, in mm-hmm. theater is to prevent more harm because right. it will continue to happen if you don't, you know, point at it and name it. Like yeah. that's the biggest, most important thing is naming the problem. Be part of the solution, not yeah. the problem. Right. Yeah. Well, I appreciate all the work that you've done uh, to help make a difference in our community. And I also appreciate that you have taken the time to explore your own journey in such a way and be vulnerable in sharing and in so doing, giving a model for others to share. And I encourage everyone to read this book. Uh, and it's a book that you might want to just take some time with and, and yeah. get to know and, and get to know uh, our friend Laura in the process. Yeah, And know I, you're going to be taken care of in the process. I really do try very hard to make sure that everybody is 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 well cared for so at one point just before you go into the trial which is what we will be exploring next week uh, is more about what you went through yeah. through litigation but at one point you go i think it's time for us to take a break let's just go walk <laughs> our dog walk. okay and this is a picture yeah, of my book. dog yeah. Yeah. and my dog's just as cute <laughs> as it looks and we just need to do a timeout so we're going to take a break for a week uh, for you all <laughs> before we go into a very difficult uh, difficult set of chapters that deal with you being brave enough to take this to court and to expose the challenges that you and other women went through. Little girls went through. Yes. Well, thanks, Laura. Thank you. I really appreciate the time. Thanks for being with us. We appreciate you. And stay with us for next week on Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. <laughs>